Hello, and welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. I'm Emily Thompson, and I'm Kathleen Shannon. I'm Elizabeth Dean, and I'm Being Boss. Hey guys, we are talking to entrepreneur Elizabeth Dean about evolving your business, serving your creativity first, and making transitions that don't often feel clear cut. As always, you can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. What if you could write a bucket of really witty Facebook posts sharing really great content that not only went out every Monday for the next two months, but once it was done, it started all over again, recycling your fab content to your people, allowing all your new followers to see it for the first time and giving your old followers the chance to get your insights again. Well, you can. And Edgar, a social media scheduling tool, is how you do it. Never run out of things to post and have your scheduler automatically create a queue of your content for your social media platforms. Hello, working smarter, not harder. Try Edgar for two weeks free. No credit card required at www.meetedgar.com slash beingboss. Born and raised in Minneapolis by surprisingly low-maintenance parents, Elizabeth Dean, a.k.a. Betts, spent her awkward years buying mood lipstick and whipping up DIY face masks before founding Beauty Betts in 2009 as a way to share candid product reviews and trusted beauty advice with discerning readers everywhere. Since then, Beauty Bets has evolved into an inspirational space where Elizabeth's obsession with finding the perfect red lipstick and banishing her sunspots once and for all is surpassed only by her collection of self-help books and her commitment to helping others achieve self-love and acceptance. So Elizabeth, we are so stoked to have you on the show. You seem like a multi-passionate, high-vibing, creative entrepreneurs. So let's start off by just telling our listeners who you are and what you're all about. Give us a little bit of your journey to becoming a creative. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my journey to becoming a creative. You know, I really pushed up against that journey early on. I thought I had to choose paths am I a creative or am I going to be a doctor, lawyer, accountant, something in that very sort of what felt like a safe, stable realm. And so I've really um, found that blogging, social media, this very virtual world we now live in has made it possible for me to really live in my left and right brain and not feel like I have to choose. It's been really liberating. So I finally feel like I fit in after all these years. Um, the the process, the career trajectory, if you will, has been um, really a traditional corporate communication setting. I worked for Target. I worked for Northwest Airlines. Um, and, and then I got burnt out and went back to my journalism roots and started writing for magazines. And in 2009... As a quote-unquote creative outlet, I decided to start a blog because there were these things called blogs, and I didn't know what they were, and everyone was doing them. Um, so that was uh, that was Beauty Bets, which is still in existence, and I kind of threw it up there, hoping my mom and friends would read it, and 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 it really took off quickly, and so I was able to go out on my own, and it's been a wild ride ever since. So along with writing about beauty, you are 
blogging there, but you're also like, it seems like you're also like really into some self-help. Tell us a little bit about that. I am a self-help junkie and I I fully admit that. And I'm sure that has a tendency to sound also self-absorbed, but really it's been, it started out as, as work for me. I was interviewing healers. I was digging into these topics like acupuncture and and 10 years ago, people weren't talking about that, let alone doing that on Friday nights for happy hour. So it started off as a curiosity and I loved it. It all rubbed off on me. I felt like I was with my people when I was among these these healers and it really became so much a part of my life that I, I have kind of an unsatiable an unsatiable, insatiable appetite <laughs> for, for, for why we're here and how to learn ourselves. That is the lifelong journey, in my opinion. So that's, that's become, I guess, a part of my life and less really, I don't even think of it as work anymore. I think about it as, as one reason why I'm here. And I love bridging the gap with people who are new to all that woo-woo curious about it, kind of wigged out by it. And these healers who are notoriously terrible at promoting themselves because they think they're on this planet to take care of us. And God forbid they make any money and God forbid that they talk about themselves. And I just want to grab everyone's hand and pull them together in some sort of like full moon goddess circle and get the word out. So, okay, I need a couple dots connected <laughs> because you went from working <laughs> at Target and Northwest Airlines to starting a beauty blog to, you know, helping self-help people do their mm-hmm. thing. So, like, what are some key moments that sure. took you from, like, corporate to blog and then blog to the things that you're doing now? Oh, I hope my mother's listening. She's probably wondering the same thing. Um <laughs> In other words, what is it that you do and how did you get there? Right. It all makes sense in hindsight to me. So, okay, biggies. I really liked being a corporate girl. I thought I'm going to work and I'm going to be in the boardroom someday. I was a total academic uh, overachiever and I had great experiences at Target. I also had that sort of like, okay, you you really love to write. You like to tell stories. And I love beautiful things. I love this is back in the day before there was Pinterest, before we all just had access. And so when I had the opportunity to go work as a lifestyle editor, I jumped on it. I just thought, this is this is one of those, this is just a fun job that I get to go do here in Minneapolis and really support all of these beautiful stores and spas and makers. And and so it was just fun. It was just so fun. And I don't think you can say that about every job. Uh, oh, my dog is with me now. Um, so, so I built up this readership and was doing TV and radio. And the beauty piece and the wellness piece w- were what really got me out of bed in the morning. And so, so were were you yeah. doing the blog at the same time that you were doing this job or did the blog come later? Or the blog so, was your job? Wait, were, was the lifestyle was the- editor a job or your blog? Yes, I... Yes, to I was a lifestyle editor at a city magazine here oh, in perfect. Minneapolis. Okay, 
And so I need to get my elevators pitched down. I haven't interviewed for a job in so long. Um, so, so I started a blog, Beauty Bets, while I was a magazine editor. And really to – I felt like as this communication professional, so I was – what, maybe 10 years into my career, more than 10 years into my into my career, that I just needed to teach myself social media and blogging to keep up as a communication professional. I just, I did not know what these things meant yet and that I could do them as, as a profession. So I started this blog and I, when I meet with younger people who want to start a blog, I am the first to admit I had an edge because I had all the PR contacts. I already was getting product. I already had this platform on TV and radio and a magazine. And so it was, it was fairly, it was pretty easy for me to just kind of get my blog out there early on. And I got a lot of support locally. And then that just sort of uh, snowballed nationally. So um, where where are we going from here? So I blogged for a number of years as well as I continued to freelance for publications. And in both of those ventures, they all lived together. You know, they all really – I felt like that print, digital, it's all kind of like my calling card. Um, all of those things are connected. And the, the wellness piece and the self-help piece were – a have always been a part of the beauty blog and my writing. So I just was doing a lot of coverage of self-help and wellness at the same time. Um, and, and, and as I've evolved in my interests, I care far less about the latest eyeshadow color (laughs) than I do, you know, Gabrielle Bernstein's latest book. And my right. readers have really evolved with me, or some of them have probably fallen off as a result. But there's plenty of awesome, you know, makeup swatches out there for you as well. So, so that's where we are. It's one thing that's really standing out to me is the overlap, like how things kind of morph from one thing another to another. Not only in the in the job and in how you make money, but also in the content that you're sharing and how you're sharing it. And so, one of the things that Emily and I are constantly trying to hammer into our listeners who are working a day job is to at least be working a day job that supports the skills that you want to learn. And it sounds like you really did that going from Target to then lifestyle editor to then forming your own blog as a way to practice, but then it became this thing. While at the same time, your content is evolving and morphing right there alongside with you. Absolutely. And it's so funny when I talk to people who are are in this creative space or they want to make something and they want to have this, this platform, it's okay. But but they're you know they're an engineer or they work in marketing and I say okay but are you writing who are you writing for fun are you writing as a volunteer you don't have to wait to to have this this big platform and be famous already but you got to be doing it as part of your day and isn't that the ultimate test of how much you actually like doing it 
I mean, yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> I love that so much because I think of like all the creatives who are afraid of taking the leap. Like there's that one moment where they go from one life to the next. So whenever you think about it like that, that's scary shit for sure. But if you do think about it as this like gradual phasing in and out from one thing that you're doing to the other, it's so much more manageable and easy to swallow. So you guys, can I share a secret? Okay, with, love with it the world, yes, the world, please, with the world. <laughs> I think I want to start personal blogging again, and I didn't even yes. think I would talk about this, but it's you know, in hearing your story, Elizabeth, part of my path over the past few years has gone from blogging to building a branding studio to then starting being boss, and I miss blogging, and I'm kind of back to the point where I don't care if anybody reads it, not even my mother. I just feel like capturing and shaping and sharing who I am in the moment is what helps me live and create the life that I want to live and create. And I've got it covered on the business front. We're doing it here at Being Boss, and we're very candid about the businesses that we're building as we're building them. But the life stuff, I miss the life stuff. And so I guess my question for you is even... In that vein of blogging, I'm not a newbie by any means, but it almost feels like I've been like re-virginized, right? Like, <laughs> would that be great if that were a thing? <laughs> I don't think I want to be re-virginized, right? Actually, that sounds awful, but sure, I I, I like it, but. Uh... <laughs> but so, I guess my question for you is just thinking about blogging. You know, is that something that you continue to have energy around or are you feeling the urge to go to different platforms or do you have roots now in blogging that you want to stick with? Do you, What do you think about someone starting a blog for the first time and not necessarily me with this personal blog, but blogging in general and starting now? What do you think? Well, first, I just want to commend you on doing something purely because you want to do it, not because it has some sort of quantifiable, you know, productivity driven end game. I mean, that that's one of my biggest takeaways from from the last decade of self-help is is why are we spending our time on something? Is it really making us feel good or is it because we think it's something we're supposed to do? So, just write. I mean, that in itself, the act of doing something that you enjoy for no other reason is the is a beautiful thing. It's why we're here. So so if you are excited about writing a blog, you or anyone listening, then start a blog. No matter what, you're not going to monetize it. You're not going to turn it into a business unless you just really effing want to write a blog. So I, after what, eight, nine years, am pretty burnt out on writing blogs. I have reinvented it so many times. Um, it got it got good again for me when I started getting more personal. I thought I was being personal by sharing opinions about beauty products and treatments, but when I really started talking about myself, which was the last thing I really thought I wanted to do, that's when everyone just kind of like jumped on board again because people really want to feel close to you. It's it's a interesting thing. So now that's all. I think that I'll keep doing that, but I. I needed a reboot for myself and I was talking to, it was interviewing all these people and I felt like I couldn't capture the conversations in full without um, moving it into podcast. 
And so, you know, now, now you're, I mean, this is something you're leading and I'm new to it. We're just in season one of healers and I am in heaven being able to facilitate the conversation with people who are so inspiring to me and not, you know, sit there and talk about myself and have to come up with new content because it's just, it's just, it's, we're just, they're just overflowing with, with value added content for listeners. So, so I, I think, you know, I'm still blogging, but this has been a really wonderful supplement. Emily and I talk a lot about the difference between writing and podcasting. And I, I feel like early in our podcasting days, we almost wanted to pit them against each other. Like, oh man, podcasting is where it's at because you get these real conversations and real connections and our listeners can't see this, but we're actually Skyping with our podcast guests because it really is like a real conversation. Yet with writing, we're able to say exactly what we want to say. We're able to hit delete on a sentence. We're able to massage a sentence for, I don't know, three hours yeah. until we're saying exactly what we want to say. Um, so there's this kind of candidness to podcasts, but I think that both really do support each other. So I'm really curious to see where your blog ends up going and kind of what you learn from the podcast. I mean, if anything, I feel like podcasting has helped me find my voice in a new way whenever it comes to writing. And I don't think that I'd want to blog again if I hadn't been so candidly having these conversations with Emily and our guests on the podcast. Okay, so Elizabeth, you've got your podcast, which is called Healers, correct? Correct. And then you've got your blog called Beauty Bets. Yes. Correct? Yes. Okay, so here's where like the branding professional in me is like red alarms going off, Yeah. right? Or at least, you know, or even the creative in me that has lots of different interests. And we all know Emily's like chasing the shiny <laughs> things. <laughs> I love shiny things, guys. Don't play. <laughs> but I think what we're both probably curious about at this point is how you blend those interests into if not one cohesive brand, at least like how do you compartmentalize it or combine it in your brain to make sense of it all and to not feel scattered or spread thin or overwhelmed by all the things? Um, I feel scattered, spread thin, and overwhelmed by all the things right now. <laughs> and you're asking a million dollar question. And and honestly, the, I've had this beauty brand for so long and the podcast, which subject matter wise isn't a huge departure because I, like I said, I've been writing about these people, but just not putting it into this healing context. Um, and so I decided to experiment with this podcast, do a season one, see how it felt, and then go from there with how to connect those dots or, you know, combine the two. And that was a, that was an exercise in restraint for me and in not trying to make everything perfect out of the gate. I just cut myself a little slack, for better or worse. Uh, I'm sure that's not how a branding consultant would necessarily tell me how to do it, but for this my sanity and to really focus on these interviews instead of on all the surround for once, that felt like a luxury to me to make it about the content and not about getting my, you know, my suite of logos and setting up all new social media channels. And so, and, and that's, you know, I'm going to have to cross that bridge at some point, but I have this built in 
you know, readership and followers and over 5 million Pinterest followers in particular. And so I, I don't want to just throw that all out and start over. So maybe this, maybe I'm due for a consult <laughs> with some experts. Well, let's do that right now. Yeah. Um, what well, do you but, think? but before we do that, I do want to mention that like on the outside, people rarely see us looking as scattered as we feel on the inside. And that's something like whenever I'm consulting with people and they're like, oh, but I have these multiple things and I feel like everyone thinks I'm a hot mess because I have all of these things. Most people aren't thinking that hard about it. And so, you know, you say that you feel scattered and and spread thin, but you look like you're just doing work that you love doing. And I think I think there's something to be said about you really not looking as scattered and spread thin as you feel on the inside. Just do the thing. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> that makes me feel better. <laughs> Though I think that sometimes it shows up in our bottom line. If people are confused or if our expertise is diffused, and people don't know how to hire you or sponsor you or engage with you, I think that's where sometimes that scatteredness can show up. So don't freak out, Elizabeth. I'm not telling you that you're going to be broke because of this. But I I kind of ride both lines of this. So for example, I'm about to launch or relaunch my personal blog. And saying launch is I, that's pretty grandiose because it's probably just going to quietly go live one day and people will notice or they won't. But it, I I kind of started to change my mind after reading Big Magic. Have you guys read that book? No, but yes. I want to. It's uh, why I want to hold on to all the shiny things. I know. <laughs> and so what I really took away from that book is really serving your creativity first. And that's what you're talking about here, Elizabeth. But I also think that there's this aspect of, okay, if you can just lay a little bit of groundwork to, to connect dots before, you know, it's probably like building a house. I come up with the worst metaphors, you guys. But you're laying your foundation. Maybe figure out where the bathroom's going to go before you lay the foundation so you can get the pipes in place rather than having to drill through the concrete and relay those pipes after you've done that, right? I mean, that's kind of how I feel sometimes whenever I'm thinking about what I'm going to do next and how I'm going to blend it all together or keep it separate. You know, maybe I'm not building maybe I'm building a guest house out back right right yeah without a slab foundation (laughs) (laughs) so I just think it's really important for our listeners to hear that man we don't always have it figured out how everything is going to work together to be this one perfect brand or niche or you know monetizable product Right. We just do it. But I do love how you, Elizabeth, did put in some did put in some thought in terms of, you know, you're going to launch this podcast, but you're not going to have all new social handles like there was some like strategic planning that went into it because I don't know. I love the idea of like the minimal viable product and setting up all of the things for a podcast you were just starting um, would not have been as minimal (laughs) as just using what you already have. So I love all of it. No, but there's also, you know, there's something energetically about not being all in. And oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm aware of that. And so I've got this you know, beauty vehicle that does pay the bills. And I've folded the podcast under that umbrella. So there's a redirect and every, all the content lives on beauty bets. And because that's, those are my, those are, that's my community. That's where they are. But now 
there are new people in this healing community and they aren't, they don't even know who Beauty Bets is and they don't know me in that capacity. And so I have to think about them and I have to think about when, who do I want calling me? Do I want someone calling me to host a beauty event at Nordstrom, which I love you Nordstrom, or do I want to be going to some retreat on an island and talking about self-care? And I've got... I'm going to get the one that I, that I put out there. Like I'm going to manifest this by how I present myself to the world. So I'm glad you're bringing it up. It's definitely like, you know, making my heart beat a little bit faster, but I still want to live this, this belief that I'm taking it one day at a time too. One day at a time. And this is what it's like to work with me and Emily. (laughs) We're going to make your heart beat a little faster. So, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about this energy of being all in, though, because this is something Mm -hmm. that trips me up all the time. And Emily, I'm curious to hear what you think as well, because we both have a couple of businesses and it's really hard to figure out like where you're putting your energy. And I see it two ways and both ways are totally opposite. One is whenever you're not all in. So for example, with being boss, whenever we launched this podcast, we were not like 100% being boss. And I feel like in a lot of ways that took off the pressure to make it, I don't know, profitable, for example, but then also to make it something larger than life, which is what it became. And, And so sometimes I credit not being all in to the ease that came with it becoming bigger than it is. Sometimes I think that whenever we're all in on something, we could be gripping it just a little too tight and not giving it room to breathe and become the thing that it's supposed to be. And then, of course, on the flip side, there's the energy of not being all in and um, being fully committed to your goals. And if you're not fully committed to your goals, it's going to be harder for them to show up in your life. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think about that. Well, two things. Um If I'm not all in on something new that I'm really excited about, it's probably because I'm feeling, I don't feel completely confident. I'm like, who am I to do this? What if it's not successful? Is it a good use of my family's time and resources? So there's that sort of like, if I'm all in, then I have all to lose, right? But the other piece that you're talking about that I'm working on is is are those attachments and not getting so fixated on the outcome or the success or the timeline because with that sort of impatience and fixation, we lose the space for the possibilities to come in and for the creativity to flow. And so I think the two things you're talking about, we have to hold both of them at the same time. I agree. And I also think there's a lot to say between the difference of like creatively being all in on something and the idea of being an entrepreneur and creating systemizable businesses that can run without you. So and that's sort of where I become more okay with not being all in is that when I I can be all in on one thing and systemize it in a way that I can then take my attention and put it somewhere else. And do the same there so that even though I'm not all in on the second one because I still have the first one, it's taking a very minimal amount of my time and energy to make it do the thing. And so I guess that's that's my insight is I think there is a difference between creatively going all in on something and entrepreneurially diversifying your income. And being smart about your yes. how you spend your time and energy. 
Yeah, for sure. Ooh. Okay. Great topic, so- Kathleen. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to go there. Um, so how do you make money? <laughs> this is the question that Emily and I always want to ask our we guests. Always you bet. To and we always want to ask this and always like- fear that reaction. People yeah. going, what? Yeah. No. We're I, – I, 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 I moderated a panel yesterday of some really big people in the beauty industry and one of them said – you know, thank you for introducing me as a celebrity makeup artist, but all I care about is being a working makeup artist because that, you know, at the end of the day, we want to make money. And so, so I have made money over the years, um, by working, um, 80 hours a week for, you know, five or six years. And I've, I've had a day job as an editorial director of a content agency for, I just left in December. So I am very focused on, um, on making, on making a living and having a life. And, um, there's a point at which I don't want to keep doing something unless it's being, unless I, unless it's bringing value to my family too. So, um, so that's always in the back of my mind. I do a lot of, well, let me take that back. I do a nice mix of sponsored posts with brands that I love. So, you know, influencer campaigns. I have a really big Pinterest following. So I pin for some brands and do product collaborations. And that's that would pay all the bills. But I also love to go to work and work with a team. And so I've been a magazine editor part as a freelancer and, <clears throat> excuse me, worked for an agency for a number of years. So it's, it's been monetized for quite a while. And I'm really grateful for that. You guys, the nature of work is changing. The internet has enabled more people to become self-employed professionals and small business owners. Only five to 10 years ago, working for yourself was almost considered looked down upon. It was almost thought as being, you couldn't get a real job, but that is no longer true. Today, one in three Americans is self-employed and the trend is growing. So if you are one of those people who is just now working for yourself or you've been working for yourself for a while and you're looking to get more organized, the all new FreshBooks, that's FreshBooks Cloud Accounting, is not only ridiculously easy to use, it is also packed full of powerful features. You can create and send professional looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. You can set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and you can see when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing game. FreshBooks is offering a 30 day unrestricted free trial to our listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section. All right, back to the show. So how do you want to, you just left your day job in December. So how do you want to continue to make money? Like if you could choose one thing right now that is the thing that makes money, what would that be? Um, in the perfect world, my if I'm going to manifest something, I would have a, a healing space online where <clears throat> the podcast lives, where I can support healers, where we can provide even more like supplemental content to what we're talking about, i.e. teach people how to meditate, 
what are crystals and how can you work with them? I'd love there to be an e-commerce component so that I can make money while I sleep because that is sounds like just the way to go. And um, also fold in retreats and events with the, with this community. I love it. So, I mean, for me, just looking from the outside in, it feels like you've been so successful with beauty bets that it feels like something that you could kind of replicate and then add to for this healer component. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. And I don't think that I, I think it would be sad to totally walk away from the beauty piece, but I also have contributors and I think that beauty could be more, we could flip this and beauty could be part of the healing versus beauty with a little healing sprinkled in. Does that sound good to you too? You're the pros here. I mean, (laughs) I'm like a beauty nerd and a self-help junkie just like you. And so I love the idea of beauty just being one lens through which self-help happens. I think that with your background, and and I really start to think very philosophically about beauty. Um, What's the book that I was just reading? I think it was called Face Value. Anyway, talking about the science of beauty. And then I'm also reading a book right now called um, What God Does to Our Brains. And so really blending how we think about ourselves through beauty. Like if I put on red lipstick and I feel like a boss and then I start behaving more like a boss, that could literally change my bottom line. I don't know. I just think it's really fascinating. All of it. Can our red lipstick become write-offs? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm going for. I, well, goal. you can it can be if you just just throw a little beauty content in there now and again. <laughs> Good to know. No, I was just going to say, yeah, beauty is 100% about self-care to me. I mean, there's the fun piece of it, but the fun piece is even I mean, how you take care of yourself. It just it just um leads to to so many more positive things in the rest of your life too. I that's what I want to talk about next is how you went like pretty specifically from beauty into self-help. So you talked about like meeting with a couple of people and that really got you thinking about how healing um, or the healer space was something that you wanted to dive into. Tell me or tell us a little bit more about that transition from beauty to healers. Well, let me think. So there, so there's the, the more like practical piece of that, which was um, being approached by Podcast One to do a podcast uh, last year. And when I sat down to put together a proposal for them, I thought, okay, someone threw my name in the ring because of the beauty piece. But if I am going to start something new and I feel like I'm in transition – and heading more into the self-care, self-help direction, I'm going to pitch them on the on the podcast that I really would want to do if the sky's the limit. And it didn't have anything to do with beauty. Now, I can like, I'm going to, I interview people in the beauty industry, but they are people who are, you know, working with essential oils or they're, it's, it has more of a self-care component. So, so that's what I did. And you know, you know, as you put together, as you write something, you find out really quickly, like how much you believe in it and how much you want it and how much you want to live it. And so I pitched them on this healer's concept and they loved it. And so that, that's what happened. Um, and then the rest, you know, will flow from there. But I also just found myself working in the beauty industry and realizing that I needed 
the self-help personally and have been, had been fairly depressed and anxious most of my life without even realizing it. I'm like, I'm a functioning, I've been a functioning depressed person most of my life. And yeah, you, I see you nodding your head. Like you can get away with a lot um, that way and not realize. Whenever I was whenever I was most depressed is whenever I was at my highest functioning. Absolutely, I started a business insane. that way. I mean, it's it's a big driver, and and so I was on my own healing journey that whole time too. And like I said, it just became a part of my life, and also a desire for, to help other people feel better because my life is so different than it used to be because of all this work. So I want to hear then about like I guess the the personal transition in terms of like your outward facing persona, and that you were talking about lipstick and eyeshadow palettes and all the things. And then you start talking about spirituality, which is something that a lot of people find themselves wanting to talk about, but struggle with because they've, you know, been putting out this one kind of content for so long. So yeah, I'd love like to hear once about- you start like secretly hoarding crystals and pulling a tarot card a day, like how do you, because even Emily and I have had this on the podcast of like, okay, how much of our freak flag do we let fly? <laughs> so I, and I'm curious how this could be a whole other topic, but I cannot, it, I have a hard time separating work and life. I don't know if I quote unquote can, should or can separate them. So because because the beauty piece was such a love for me and I was so into it and when I started getting into crystals and tarot, that's just me. I don't know any other way to be but myself. And so I, for better or worse, have not given thought to what does this mean for my business because I know <laughs> if I am doing what I love – and putting that energy out there, it's just good for business, even if the business model changes. So it was not conscious. It was just me being me. And that's what I preach anyway. I have to live it if that's what I'm telling people. Amen. I love that. Yeah. Let good your, answer. Let your freak flag fly as much as you want. That's how, I mean, how else are you going to, you know, have a full life? True that. I love it. Yeah. All right. So then, so then what's next for you? You are... You've you have beauty bets, and you have contributors, and I'm guessing you sort of see yourself like maybe systemizing that and just letting it do its thing. Yep. And then you have healers, which is something you filled tons of energy for at the moment. Um, what what are you doing next? Yeah. So we've got a few more. Um, we've got a few more episodes for he- for season one. Um, I'm working on um, a sort of like handbook, like a healer's handbook, so that people, I've gotten a lot of feedback on, okay, I need more, now what? I I loved listening to this podcast, but like, what can I do for myself now besides, you know, book that, book that Reiki session or whatever it might be. And so I want to give, I want to give listeners just kind of more exercises and activities that they can do at home and sort of dabble in this work because so much of it you can just do, you know, cross-legged or in your bed even. Um, that's my favorite place. So, so I'm working on that. Um, I got a lot of signs from the universe to sign up for yoga teacher training and I am no yogi, but as just part of this, like surrendering on this journey for me, I'm just really paying attention to the things that 
get me really curious and that I want to learn more about. And so I'm going to go get my yoga on and that's going to be, that's going to take me almost a year. And I think it's just going to be a tool in my toolkit. And I'm getting married. Congrats. Congrats. Thank you. I mean, congrats on all the things. I don't want to just say congrats on getting married, but you know. All the things. (laughs) That's a pretty major milestone. That's a big one. I'm wearing, I have a citrine ring. That's how much the the woo-woo has entered my life, that I'm wearing my favorite crystal. Yeah. So, so I'm just really, I am for the first time in my life, um, my number one goal is to stay present and to trust that if I'm doing things that I love and that feel good, that they will just build on each other. I love that. You have me super inspired to maybe almost think ahead less. <laughs> you know, this idea of just create the thing. I mean, so often as like my business brain, I think is sometimes bigger than my creative brain. I want to plan out and monetize and like have projections for the next 18 months and all of the things. And that certainly affects how and what I create in the moment. And so, yeah, you've given me some inspiration to maybe close the spreadsheets, put down the like projection calendars and just make the thing because I want to make the thing. So I'm curious to hear from you, Elizabeth, what kind of top line advice you would give to our listeners who are interested in maybe transitioning or evolving their own business or maybe perhaps blending more spirituality or who they are into the work they do. What is just kind of the top line advice that you would you really want our listeners to know today? Top line advice. Well, get really clear on, on what you want to do and why you want to do it. And not for someone else, not because you think you should. And, and really, as, as cheesy as it sounds, you got to get super quiet in the beginning. You have to get quiet about um, how these different activities make you feel, what you want your life to look like. I, there's, I love Danielle Laporte and her desire map because instead of thinking or assuming that if I have a successful blog, then I will feel this way. I will feel happy. I will feel successful. I will feel, you know, like I've arrived and my parents are proud of me. What is the feeling that you want out of all this? And the feeling could be, I want, I want financial security. I want to wake up and not worry about my bills. And so if that's the driver, you know that that's going to lead you down a a certain path. If you want to just feel inspired or you want to feel balanced or you want to feel well rested. Um, I have never given a lot of um, cred to feeling balanced and well rested. And I really do now because that makes me happy. Um, You kind of have to back into this thing. So I'm sorry if that's not the the practical advice, but that's the foundation of of any business, any career. I love it. I mean, manifesting 101. We've we've got our chalkboard. We've got all the things, but really what it comes down to is generating the feelings that you want to have right now. And then the jobs or the behaviors will really start to follow suit or the money, like whatever it is that you think that you want, create the feeling of having and then those things will just find their way to you. 100%. And it's so woo. But maybe not. Like maybe it really is truly practical on a cellular level. (laughs) 
It is. I think it's super practical. Yeah. I mean, look around at your life. Look around at your career and the people in your life. You you created all of that with the universe. You made those relationships happen or not happen. You made that career happen or not happen. And so every day you make those choices and that's what you're going to bring in. It's it's really simple. It's hard, <laughs> but it's simple. All right. Finally, what makes you feel most boss? What makes me feel most boss? Uh, when I feel physically and spiritually and emotionally good every day. Then whatever it is I'm doing, I'm doing something right. Agreed. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, Elizabeth. It's been so cool having you on the show. And I think that so many of our listeners are just going to resonate with kind of not a messy creative path, but just really serving the creativity first and blending who you are into the work that you do. And just doing something every day that makes you feel a little bit better. That's all there is to it. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a treat. Where can our listeners find you? Where do you want them to tune in? You can visit healerswanted.com. This episode of Being Boss was brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Try it for free by going to freshbooks.com slash boss. And special shout out to Meet Edgar. You can try them at meetedgar.com slash boss. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Find articles, show notes, and downloads at www.beingboss.club. If you're a creative entrepreneur, freelancer, or a small business owner who is ready to take your goals to the next level, check out the Being Boss Clubhouse, a two-day online retreat followed by a year of community support, monthly masterclasses, book club, secret episodes, and optional in-person retreats. Find more at www.beingboss.club clubhouse. Thank you so much to our team and sponsors who make Being Boss possible. Our sound engineer and web developer, Corey Winter. Our editorial director and content manager, Caitlin Brame. Our community manager and social media director, Sharon Lukey. And our Bean counter, David Austin, with support from Braid Creative and Indie Shopography. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week.